If a child grows up in an environment with adults who are able to ask good questions that really do force them to figure out stuff, they're also learning by imitation how to ask good questions. Hello, and welcome to the Arts of Language podcast with Andrew Poudois, founder of the Institute for Excellence in Writing, or as many like to say, IEW. My name is Julie Walker, and I'm honored to serve Andrew and IEW as the Chief Marketing Officer. Our goal is to equip teachers and teaching parents with methods and materials which will aid them in training their students to become confident and competent communicators and thinkers. Do you remember the year 2020, Andrew? <laughs> I remember it better than most years of my life, actually, yes. yes. <laughs> a lot happened that year to us as a company, to us personally, to many students who were no longer in a classroom because they had to go home and quarantine. And an amazing thing happened during 2020, and that is a lot of people decided, hey, this homeschooling thing, maybe it's not as hard as I thought it would be. Hmm. And it was actually at that time, Andrew, that you said, hey, let's do some Homeschool 101 podcast episodes. I mean, we definitely have a contingency of homeschoolers who use our materials. I mean, that was my idea? It was your idea, wow. yes. I should be like a marketing director or something. <laughs> well, we certainly saw a lot of people who were just confused about what to do. Right. Their kids weren't going to school. They didn't know, what am I supposed to do? The remote learning thing was just ineffective at best, especially the younger the children were. Sure. And the plight of a nine-year-old trying to sit in front of a screen for six hours a day, asking permission from a remote teacher to go use the restroom. I mean, it, it became you know, from unpleasant to absurd right? for I, so many. There was a little uh, YouTube thing that was out there, and we'll see if we can find it and put a link in the show notes, or maybe listeners, you've already seen this, where the kids are on a Zoom call, and they're talking to each other. The teacher's not there yet, and they're just talking to each other, and one of the students says, oh, she's toast, or something like that, like the teacher's late, and so she's going to be in trouble, and the conversation degrades to now they want to go out and make themselves some toast. So oh. it's pretty cute. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that. But I did see the one where a boy had a BB gun on his wall. Oh, right. In his own room. Sure. A teenager. And he was reported to the school for violating their zero tolerance weapons policy. Oh, yeah. I, you know, it was just what more could tip the scale towards let's just change. Yeah. And part of that, of course, was... Uh, what we thought would be kind of a temporary mm -hmm. explosion of homeschooling. And I don't know the numbers, but I think we were up 30-some percent mm -hmm. in one year, which yep. is huge. Yep. I personally thought things would kind of go back, like you know, when the schools opened again and COVID was over. But no, it appears that a lot of people have continued to look at alternative education options. Right. And I just heard... I wanted to read the article, but it was behind a paywall for the mm. Wall Street Journal. I was so stingy, I wouldn't pay. <laughs> uh, but over one million students have left public schools, mm. and districts all over the country are closing 
schools for mm. lack of students. Interesting. But at the same time, what do we see opening up? Hybrid schools, charter schools, yep. Yep. co-op school programs, online schools. There's so many. You mm -hmm. hear about a new one every day. So it's just a complete shift of the balance, I guess, is right. happening. We did a webinar, you and I, together in November when there were some more restrictions going to be placed on parents of students or students, really, as they were considering, you know, continuing on in school. And we thought, you know what, this might be a good time to talk about how to homeschool in case you're considering this in light of some of these headlines yeah. that we were seeing. and So various reasons. But, you know, I think the nicest thing is when you hear the story of, well, you know, we were kind of forced into keeping our kids home and mm -hmm. trying to teach them at home and help them. And after a year, it was great. We kind of like a, each other. Yeah, we kind of <laughs> like each other. And, you know, a lot of parents also shifted from having to leave and go to an office or a workplace every day right. to adjusting that to be able to work at home or work part-time at home or, uh, you know, flex their schedules. So I think they're, you know, that side has been a very good shift too. So I assume today we're going to talk about how you can continue to homeschool. Right. Even if the world isn't forcing you to do it anymore. Right, exactly. So this is a podcast that you might want to share with your friend. If you are homeschooling yourself and want to perhaps let your friend know that it is possible and that what you're doing with your own children perhaps isn't crazy, though we can't vouch for that, you know. <laughs> hey, you know, the longer I live, the more I think sanity is just relative. <laughs> it's true. It's true. We do insane things, and then they turn out to be great. Sometimes we try to be as logical-minded as possible, and doesn't work as well. So, yes. But uh, certainly, there's a huge shift. You know, once it was kind of like homeschooling, wow. Mm -hmm. Now it's like everybody knows somebody who's homeschooling. Yep. You yep. can't talk to any random person and say the word homeschooling and go, oh, yeah, my friend, my sister in law, right. so and so. So, you know, that's a that's a big shift. Yes. And, and I would just speak to those listeners or friends of listeners who. Perhaps it's it's a baby step, or and you've already taken that step, which is you're going to assume more responsibility for your children's education. You're actually going to find out what's going on in their classroom and be more involved so that you can help out. Because ultimately, what we believe here at IEW is that your children to you, they're a gift to you, and it is your responsibility to steward them as best you can. As one of our um, mutual friends once said, and we, we were trying to actually build kind of like a public awareness campaign around this mm -hmm. idea. Every parent homeschools. Right. Just some do it full time. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So. Right. And I would add to that, and Andrew, I know you would agree with me, every grandparent homeschools. Oh, man. Am I in the <laughs> thick of it? Yes. But, um, well, let's get into it. Okay. What's on your agenda for this podcast? So this whole idea of are schools promoting values that are contrary to your belief? I would say that that's probably one of the reasons why parents choose to homeschool or certainly get more involved in their children's education. And so then we talked about, and actually really wasn't so much we as it was you, talked about the three C's of culture, curriculum, and care. What does it mean to be 
homeschooling. So I, I love those words because they have so many implications. Mm -hmm. And wherever you are, there's going to be a culture. Right. The, the school will create its culture. Your home has a culture. You have little, if no, more likely no control over the culture of a school or a classroom where you send a child to. So you want to try and shop or choose very carefully. You have a huge amount of control over the culture in your home, right? What's on the walls? What's on the bookshelves? What comes through the speakers? What comes through the screens? Mm -hmm. What's the, the schedule and use of time? Is it stress promoting? Is it relaxing? Uh, and edifying and nurturing to the spirits of all the people in the environment. Curriculum, right? I mean, everybody has a curriculum. I mean, doing nothing would be a curriculum, right? Reading and talking about great books mm -hmm. as opposed to textbooks, that's a curricular idea. Uh, curriculum basically means racetrack in, from the Latin. And you can have a, a racetrack that kind of goes around and around and around and around and you do that for a decade and you feel like, yeah, I've been here before I've done that. What am I doing? Mm -hmm. Why am I doing? I feel like I'm in a rut. <laughs> yeah, or you can have a, a racetrack that goes from one place to another. It mm -hmm. has a goal that has an end that has and maybe stops along the way to mm -hmm. take in the beautiful scenery. And care, I kind of don't like this whole idea of like self-care mm -hmm. because I think it so easily moves into kind of a myopic version of you know, what's best for me mm -hmm. is the most important thing. Yep. But when you look at it on a broader scale, what's best for us? What's best for our souls, our minds, our physical bodies? Right. And I don't think schools are particularly attentive to the humanity. And I would even go so far as to say the souls of the people in them because they very often are a system that is very heavy in one area, such as here's the standards, here's the state, here's the district, here's the curriculum, here's the stuff we must do. Right. And then you shuffle in some stuff to make that look like, yes, we're caring for the emotional well-being of students, but the environment mm -hmm. itself, the culture itself is probably falling short of that. There are exceptions. Mm -hmm. We've We've both been in classrooms with amazing teachers. Yes. I've been in amazing schools. Yes. But unfortunately, those seem to be the exception, mm -hmm. not the norm. And so, you know, parents have that challenge. Can I find a school that has the culture, the curriculum, and and cares about us right. as a family? Right. Uh, and if you can't find it, you, you kind of have to go make it. You have right. to create it. Yeah, I think one thing when you think about homeschooling, and, you know, I'm speaking as a homeschool mom emeritus, you know, because, of course, my boys are all grown up now. But one of the things that I had to fight because I was also a, a classroom teacher was the difference between school at home versus homeschooling. Yeah. And I think that is a huge cultural shift where you don't have to have little desks in your room with little, you know, flags to alert the teacher that you need help, but that it is a, a different a different environment. Right. And, you know, even goes to, I have to supervise and boss my kids around for at least six hours a day or right. I'm not doing... Well, one of the things that homeschoolers discover after a year or two or 10 
is that children love to work independently. Mm -hmm. They thrive on a level of freedom that is just not possible in mm -hmm. an institution. And so that shift, really. And I, I have some friends who do not like the word homeschooling mm -hmm. because it can easily mean school at home. Right. They would prefer the term home education mm -hmm. or home learning. Right. So, you know, we, we rephrase or reposition, although ironically, the word school comes from the Greek skola, skola which means leisure. Yes. Right? Because if you have time to go study, that means you're not working in the field, eking out a living by hoeing radishes or whatever you yes, have to do. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I mentioned my boys and homeschool mom emeritus. I actually did a talk at a convention last year. And one of the the points that came out of the talk, not necessarily by me, but those guests that I interviewed, which were my sons, I put them on videotape and mm. we, I interviewed them, Fun. is they said over and over again, how they learned to think. And I think that idea of school at home is just basically bringing home the textbooks and the schedules and everything. And that may be a good starting place. T truth be told, because I was a school teacher, that is how I started. And I realized, wow, you can't really pour that much into one child in that type of environment. It's more of a I once told was told that homeschooling is like the education of kings because it's more of a tutoring, more one-on-one. -on -one. But but even but what, not in an elitist way. No, right. Yeah. You, you don't have to have a governess right. and a whole lot of money to <laughs> yes. homeschool. I mean, I know single parents yeah. who work and find time to yep. teach their kids at home. So it, it's really accessible to mm -hmm. everyone, especially with some of the very innovative and excellent programs mm -hmm. and materials and courses and yeah. online resources that are now available, which did not exist when you and I were right. in our youth, homeschooling <laughs> little kids. <laughs> little kids, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, this idea of, well, I don't know that where this falls under culture, curriculum, or care, but the, there's so many resources, some of which you mentioned, where there's so much help now available in homeschooling. And so, you know, yes, my boys and I would try and start every morning at the dining room table having conversations. And I think that's where a lot of their thinking came in. But then, you know, after we got going and did our white tornado, you know what a white tornado is? Clean the house? Yes, you got 15 oh. minutes and clean the house, you know, in 15 minutes. So that way, when we would go out and do things as homeschoolers, which oftentimes we were car schoolers or park schoolers or go play with other families schoolers, we would come home to a clean house. And wasn't that nice? It's especially nice if uh, I got home after my husband got home and the house wasn't too chaotic. But like I said, I, this I don't know where this fits in. I don't know if it's curriculum or not, but there's so much now where homeschooling is a part of a community. Yeah. And, you know, we, well, there's many, many Facebook pages, websites. Mm -hmm. We have one, Homeschool Helps. Right. But I, I really enjoy if I have time and I happen to see, okay, someone asked a question. And, you know, it's a question that would be kind of typical of a first-year homeschool family. And then you see a dozen people mm -hmm. giving really good right. answers. Yep. You're thinking, well, that kind of, you know, networking opportunity, that's such a huge blessing. Yep. And it really didn't exist yep. way back when. It's easy to get distracted and sucked into, you know, online 
rabbit trails mm-hmm. and tunnels. But the fact that community helps people yes. who now have to navigate the problems of curriculum and all that. So there's just so it's so rich. There's right. so much available. Right. Okay. So well, let's talk about curriculum. That's one of our C's. Specifically, what are the most important subjects to cover? How do we cover all the bases, Andrew Poudois? Well, you know that that could differ according to different families. Mm-hmm. May have a different priority. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I have my opinions about priorities in homeschooling, but I wouldn't want to suggest or imply that this is the one right set of priorities. Right, right. I tend to hang out with people who tend to share priorities with me. But, you know, I think a lot of them are just common sense. Yeah, okay. So teach your kids to make their bed, cook their own food, clean up after themselves, take care of each other. And I'll just, this was so delightful. So I had three granddaughters at my house last night and this morning. And because my wife and my daughter, who were also there, I wouldn't call them lazy, but I was the first one who got up. Okay. (laughs) And I came out, and there's the three energetic little granddaughters, uh, seven, four, and almost two. And they had completely been taking care of themselves Mm. for well over an hour because I think they wake up at six, and I didn't show up till about seven. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the four-year-old says, Grandpa, I made my bed so nice. And then the older one was reading a book to the baby, and they had told me that they did their morning prayers together. Mm -hmm. And wow, Mm -hmm. you know, the whole attitude of independence. And so in a way, you know, I think their mother, she just hangs out in bed a little bit longer just to get them in that zone of having the responsibility of caring for themselves. And then, you know, it was cold this morning, but they have the habit of always going outside. Mm. So as soon as I showed up, they wanted to take me outside and show me, you know, stuff in the garden and make me get cold Um, (laughs) because they're used to that time outside. Why? Because their mother kicks them outside Mm -hmm. every morning, regardless Mm -hmm. of whether it's cold or hot or nice or Mm -hmm. raining. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's that. Then, you know, there's reading. Right. Reading is just the core of an education, Mm -hmm. because when you think about it, that's where you acquire the richness and depth of vocabulary and idiom and illusion and metaphor and, you know, all these things that enrich our intellect. Mm -hmm. We get them primarily through language and primarily the language comes through books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talk to each other and we watch movies now and then, but it's the books that that raise the quality of the language environment, therefore the intellectual environment, therefore the nurturing of the young intellect. And I, uh, I've, I've always been fascinated how a child, you can read them a book and they'll just say, read it again. Mm-hmm. Like right now, mm-hmm. read this book that you just finished Read it again right now. Now, that doesn't happen forever. And they hit a point where, okay, I read that. I want something new. But because they have different needs at different times and you're there, you can meet those intellectual developmental needs in the most appropriate way. A school can never do that. Mm -hmm. And when you're, you know, hurry up, get ready, get dressed. We got to get to school on time. It's a a completely different universe for Mm -hmm. everybody. Yep. So... You know, I I would put that 
And, and you you just basically go back to the the quote three R's, yep. right? Reading, writing, and arithmetic. Right. You know, mental calculation, thinking mm-hmm. mathematically. Mm-hmm. You know, this this whole idea of teaching children how to think. Everybody wants this, mm-hmm. but not everybody sees what things promote it and what things impede it. Yes. Yes, I, you know, I, I told you that was the answer that often came out. Independently, my boys were not talking to each other. I did these all. And I thought, what did I actually do to help them think? And a lot of it was just what you've already suggested, you know, conversations, reading a book and then having conversations about that book. Um, mental math, that was a big thing. Well, you know, I look at maybe you, my wife, my children, other young moms now the ones who I think have the most feeling that they're succeeding in this area, mm-hmm. they've learned to ask good questions. Yes. Yep. And schools just are not equipped to easily ask good questions mm-hmm. because it's time consuming. It's messy. It's very hard to assess. And and then the, the modeling that happens. If a child grows up in an environment with adults who are able to ask good questions that really do force them Mm -hmm. to figure out stuff. They're also learning by imitation how to ask good questions. Yes, that's good. And we've talked about in the teaching of writing any number of times, that's the trick. If you don't know what to write, well, the problem is you need to ask better questions. Yep, exactly. So here's a parent and they're listening to this, this conversation right now and it's March and they're thinking, you know what? Come August, September, I think I'm just going to try this. You know, and I just think that, listener, you have permission just to try this. There are options to just try it and see if you like it. What what recommendations do you have for that A family who's saying, yeah, I'm going to give this a try? Well, one thing I would consider, it's a little bit counter to what most people's default is. Mm -hmm. But that is start a little bit of homeschooling. Start a little bit of what you think you might be able to do, just a little bit, in the summer. Yep. All right, so school's out in May, whatever. Take a few weeks, just relax, spend time outside. It's beautiful. But, you know, come mid-June or whatever, try to say, okay, we're going to take an hour every morning and read to the family. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to do some, depending on the age of the children, some things like some copy work, some mental math. Why don't you learn something that isn't often taught in a school, Mm -hmm. such as maybe geography or something that you are personally interested in and just see if you can spend an hour or two and low stress and kind of try out the idea of actively teaching your kids at home over the summer. And I'm sure we could make some recommendations for people who might want to do some language development stuff during that time. And you know, that may be a little different. Like kids might rebel, like, wait a minute, it's vacation. We're not supposed to have to do school. Well, we're not doing school. We're just learning together, mm-hmm. right? And it mm-hmm. can be super low stress. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you get to August and toss up the idea. Say, what do you think, kids? Mm-hmm. But if we don't go back to school this year mm-hmm. and we stay home and keep learning together at home, mm-hmm. that's one one thing, I think. You can kind of ease into it. Another thing is one of the biggest adjustments for many kids, not all, but many, is it's a radical change of social experience. And I would say a good number of kids who want to go to school don't want to go because of 
what they're learning or the inconvenience or they want to be with friends. Mm -hmm. So take some time and try to cultivate some friendships with homeschoolers and find a group. And maybe they're not meeting over the summer. That's possible. But you can kind of get on the edge of a different circle of families. And if the kids feel like they can have friends, they'll be able to make the shift. Whereas if all of a sudden, you know, it's August, you're not going back to school, but what about my best friend? Mm -hmm. So that creating opportunity for social, I don't know, replacement, if you will, hmm. or, or nurturing. And, you know, kids are pretty flexible in this way. Yep. But you don't want to neglect that. Otherwise, you can get, you know, rebellion. It's like, no, I want to go see my friends. Mm -hmm. Oh, I got new friends. Okay, so that's yep. no longer an issue. So cultivating summer friendships, I think, is really key. And, you know, obviously, spending time outside is so critical. And that's perhaps one of the things that schools are really just not good at. Yeah, there's recess. Yeah, there's lunch. But then if it's too hot, too cold, raining half the time, oh, we're in the multipurpose room. We're not even mm -hmm. outside. Right. And so if you can kind of consciously create a daily time of being outside and being relatively free and, you know, even if that's just your own backyard, if you have it or, you know, the park down the street, if you don't have it or you take a half day trip to somewhere, mm -hmm. children respond so well to being outside. Yes. It balances them. It balances their mind and heart. And we know that it's good for, you know, light coming into their mm -hmm. mind and their circadian rhythms. And, and I think that all too often... Kids who spend a lot of time indoors during the school year are just not used to that. So what do they want to do? They want to stay indoors and look at screens or be amused or occupy mm -hmm. themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's just so easy for a parent to, you know, give the kid a, a technology that becomes a babysitter. Right. And you lose out the great benefits of that. So I would kind of look at those three things as maybe mm -hmm. the best to think about right now. Right. If it's spring and you're not sure what you're going to do after the school year. Right. So I'm going to bring up two questions that are often asked when people are, you know, seriously considering homeschooling. The first one is, is it legal? Uh, yes. That's really all you need. Well, you know, we often refer people to Homeschool Legal Defense Association. Almost every state has a state homeschool organization, mm -hmm. which has the primary role of providing information about how to legally homeschool in your state. Some right. states like Oklahoma, super easy. California, relatively easy. Other states you do. You have to jump through some mm -hmm. hoops and mm -hmm. file some papers. But you know what's interesting? If you look at it statistically, there's actually a higher percentage of people homeschool in states where there's a little more paperwork. Mm, interesting. So it shows that, you know, the state rules or district rules or whatever exists isn't so burdensome that it makes it too difficult or impossible. Sure. So it's legal in every one of the 50 states. It's legal in many, many countries. And you just find out what you have to do and do it. Yep. You know, it's probably less 
burdensome than buying a car, <laughs> which you have to jump through a whole lot of hoops. Yes, and you do. Go to the DMV, and that's all just a headache and a half. So <laughs> yes, and and generally you only have to do it once, or maybe do one more thing once a year. So anyone can homeschool. Yeah. So the second question that we often hear when people are considering homeschooling is, what about socialization? Yeah. Well, that's also a closed question. Anyone who's spent any amount of time ever in the company of homeschoolers will notice right away, homeschooled kids spend more time with a greater diversity of people, adults, kids older than they are, kids younger than they are, other people's parents. And they generally are much more flexible. In fact, one interesting thing. So I have one daughter in Michigan and uh, her oldest is seven. And so they've been kind of officially homeschooling for a year, year and a half. I don't know when you say you have to officially do it. (laughs) And they went to some event Mm -hmm. and her husband, my son-in-law, said to her after this event, he said, well, I have realized this is the number one reason why we should keep homeschooling, all these kids are just so comfortable talking to anyone. Whereas when you go out into an environment where kids are so used to being age segregated, controlled by certain adults and separated from everybody else, it's very unnatural. Mm -hmm. And they get into certain habits where, you know, they don't want to interact and they don't look adults in the eye and they don't have the vocabulary to communicate above and below their social level, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So, I I mean, I think anybody who does this for any length of time will say, wow, if you really want well-socialized children, you would intentionally homeschool Mm -hmm. because the opportunities are so much better. Yep. I I would heartily agree with that. I love interacting with kids that have been homeschooled. They look me in the eye and they have a conversation with me and they're not embarrassed to talk to me. That's not to say that they're not some awkward kids out there that are homeschooled, but that's because there's awkward kids, kids everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's exactly. funny, you know, some of the time I, re- I was in a Chipotle mm. maybe a year ago and I was just kind of observing this family and they were eating and I was just eating and and I thought, man, those kids really look like they're homeschooled. Hmm, mm-hmm. And as I was getting up to leave, the mom came over and said, would you just come and talk to us for a minute? My kids oh, would really like to meet you. They saw you on the cute. video and you're just like one Aww. of their favorite teachers. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it wasn't, you know, it was kind of a random yeah. happening. Yeah. But it's funny how my my observation of them turned out to correlate with mm. the reality of their situation. Yeah, I don't know that. Very many people, Andrew, would have that exact experience, though, would they? They wouldn't be able to identify because they're some type of homeschool celebrity. Well, you know, people (laughs) say, are you famous? In very, very small circles. But we're trying to grow those circles. This is true. Um, But it is that case where there's just something about those kids. Yeah. Yeah. So socialization, check. Not a problem. Legality, check. Not a problem. Uh, Curriculum, curriculum. we're we're right up next to you there. Yeah. And, and there are a lot of good companies. You yep. know, we do language stuff. We, yep. we know friends who do math stuff. Mm-hmm. We know wonderful people who do art and science mm-hmm. and music. Yep. And there's just so many really dedicated, intelligent, competent 
people who've created, you know, everything from yep. books to videos to online courses. So everything you need is there. And we are here to help. We have many people on our customer service team who have homeschooled many years. They're not, they themselves are done homeschooling. And so, you know, just ask for a homeschool expert and they can give you some recommendations on these various curricular options, various communities, certainly direct you to the state org in your particular area. And so we just want to say homeschooling is an option. You can do this if this is where you are feeling led to do it. And, and I would just tag on a slight addendum there. I would say not a hundred percent, but a very high percentage of people who start homeschooling with a little bit of trepidation, fear, mm -hmm. uncertainty, or they go in and say, I'll try it for one year, mm -hmm. but I'm not committing my life to this. Sure. It's too dangerous. And maybe it's only one child. Yeah. And four or five years down the line, they look back and say, I would never go back. I don't regret this. Yeah. This has been the best decision we've made for the family. Yep. So. Well, let us know how we can help you. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Julie. Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. Or just visit us each week at IEW.com slash podcasts. Here you can also find show notes and relevant links from today's broadcast. One last thing. Would you mind going to iTunes to rate and review our podcast? This really helps other smart, caring listeners like you find us. Thanks so much.